0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our third and final part of the End Time Current Event Bible Study for today, November 1st, 2009. And uh, we'll wrap things up. We're going to continue with this subject on Maitreya, but we're going to be reading some uh, quotes um, from um, some different sources here. This quote is uh, was asked, this question was asked, what is the initiation of slash gospel according to David Spangler. Now, he's a high-level occultist, new age, very, very much in line with Maitreya, Theosophy, these types of things. So, what is the initiation gospel according to David Spangler? And these are all referenced. I give you the references in the article. <clears throat> he says, David Spangler, Lucifer works within each of us to bring us to wholeness. And again, this is what Theosophy teaches, which is what Blavatsky, Besant, Alice Bailey all teach. Lucifer works within each of us to bring us to wholeness as we move into the new age. Each of us, in some way, is brought to that point which I term as the Luciferic initiation. Now, remember, didn't didn't just uh, Benjamin Krem just say? Didn't he talk a little bit about initiation when we were just talking about this? Let me see if I can find that quote real, kid, real quick. Yeah, here it is. It's, it ended where he ended where he said that. Um, this is the time which Christ takes us to a place outwardly as the head of hierarchy, who means Maitreya, as the eldest of all brothers of humanity, to stand before us and to take forward into the kingdom of which he is the head. The spiritual kingdom, which daily is growing out of the human kingdom as a man or a woman, here and there, take initiation and gradually evolve towards the light. I believe this is the exact same initiation the Spangler is in reference to here. And that wasn't the only time Krem used the word initiation. In the article that I just read. I just don't want to try to go back through it and but anyway. This is the gospel according to David Spangler. Lucifer works within each one of us to bring us to wholeness as we move into the new age. Each of us has in some way, is in some way brought to that point, which I term the Luciferic initiation. The particular doorway through which the individual must pass if he is to come fully into the presence of his light and wholeness. Remember, it just seems to be they keep repeating the same terms over again. Oneness, light, evolving, you know, it's all termed one another. Lucifer is the light bearer. Okay, that was what his name meant. So he's using the same, he's using light as a deceptive tool in this sense. Lucifer prepares man in all the ways for the experience of Christhood. Whoa, where have I heard that before? Like, we're going to be gods? Yeah, we're going to be our own little Christ. Well, where was that kind of talked? Well, Genesis 3, when Lucifer, or Satan, as the serpent, went to Eve, and he was the most subtle beast of the field, and he deceived her, and he said, Ye shall be gods if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good or evil. He was tempting her with saying, You're going to become as a god. Well, isn't that what the whole New Age always promises, that we're going to evolve and we're going to experience Christhood? Yep, same lie, just a different way they repackaged it. Then Spangler goes on to say, the light that reveals to us the presence of the Christ comes from Lucifer. So in other words, when Maitreya makes his big debut, the light that we're going to experience that allows us to... See Maitreya as the Christ, as the coming one world leader. That light is going to be directly supplied by Lucifer. And this is true. He is the light giver. He is aptly named the morning star. No, he's not. We're going to get into that right now. But that's what they say. That's what the false Bible versions say. Because he is, it is his light that heralds the man... For man, the dawn of the great consciousness. He stands the great initiator. Huh? There we get into that word again, the great initiator. The one who hands the soul over to the Christ. So Lucifer is what is going to empower the Christ. Or Maitreya. What does Maitreya refer to himself as? He refers to himself as the Christ to the Christians. As Imam Mahdi to the Muslims. As Krishna to... The Hindus as the fifth Buddha to the Buddhists, that's as Messiah to the Jews. Those are the major world religions, and he covers every flavor for us. He's like the total package. That's what he says he is. Okay, so but even here, what we're seeing is the one that empowers will empower Maitreya will be Lucifer himself or Satan. Really, is what we're talking about here. Spangler makes a similar statement in, from his book, Reflections on the Christ, We're on page forty five he writes, Lucifer comes to give us the final gift of wholeness. If we accept it, then he is free and we are free. Oh, right. We're in bondage and our and our hope and the only thing that they have to look forward to is hell. This then he goes on to say, This is the Luciferic initiation. So if we accept Maitreya. Essentially, because that's who Lucifer is going to primarily deceive through. If we accept, let's say, you know, whether it's Maitreya the Antichrist, whatever imposter Lucifer is going to put into place, if we accept Lucifer and this gift of wholeness, this is the Luciferic initiation. It is one that many people now and in the days ahead will be facing, for it is the initiation in the New Age. End of quote. In evangelical circles, Lucifer is acquiring a new image. Modern Bibles now designate Lucifer, quote, the Morning Star, replacing his true identity as Son of the Morning, according to Isaiah 12, 14, 12. That is in the King James Bible. The King James Bible is the only one that really has it right. They refer to him as Son of the Morning, not Morning Star. And if you have an NIV reference Bible, it will take you to the other reference to Morning Star in Revelation, where it refers to Jesus Christ. So if you've got an NIV and you're reading it, you're not going to know if Jesus and Lucifer, you're going to think that they're the same things. It's going to be, breed confusion, and God is not the author of confusion. The NIV and the NASB also disperse, dispense with day star in Second Peter 1.19, encouraging readers to wait until the day dawn and the morning star rise in your hearts. So again, you could get confused if you're reading these false Bible versions on so many levels. I mean, they've removed whole verses from the Bibles. I mean, NIV Bible quiz I've got that on the KJV thing, if you go, you'll see PDFs connected to the KJV teachings I've done. There's an NIV Bible quiz. Just click on the PDF, go into it, and take it. And it says, go to this verse in your NIV Bible, and it doesn't exist. They literally skip it. Like if it goes from verse... If they want to take out verse 20, they'll go from verse 19 to 21, and verse 20 will just be gone. And people don't believe it unless they see it. And they're like, wow, my Bible doesn't have that. They've removed whole verses. 64,098 less words to be exact. So anyway, Jay Gary is a dynamic leader in ministries such as Campus Crusade for Christ, Billy Graham's Lusane Committee for Worldwide Evangelization, G-C-O-W-E, March for Jesus and Wywam oh they're into some radical stuff Wywam boy addressing a adopt a people consultation in 1994 Gary recommended books of David Spangler referring to this Luciferian as one of the best well, well, he's a Christian Jay Gary, he's the dynamic leader of Campus Crusade for Christ he works with Billy Graham. March for Jesus. Why when? But yet, addressing an adopted people con- consultation in 1994, Gary, the same Gary, he's this Christian, supposedly, he recommended the books of David Spangler, who we just quoted. Who was glorifying Lucifer and talking about the Luciferian initiation. Wow, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, well, that's the day and time we live in. One speaker at the recent Melbourne conference actually identified, and these are all referenced. What I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this. That you can go look up the reference for each thing that that Jay Gary's referenced uh, article or reference source. One speaker at the recent Melbourne conference actually identified the Masonic orders as the hidden hand guiding mankind into the Church of Lucifer. Amen. Totally. I've got I started the teach on the teaching on the Masons. I just haven't had time to put it up yet. One of the long-standing goals of the Masonic New World Order seems finally within grasp. It's it's the one world church <clears throat> in the making for over 150 years. it's about to become institutionalized as the united religious organization. Um In the reappearance of the Christ and the Masters of Wisdom, Benjamin Krem stated, through Masonic initiation, the Freemasonic initiation, and certain esoteric groups, esoteric implying hidden knowledge or Gnostic knowledge, but mainly due to occult knowledge. Okay? Through Masonic initiation and certain esoteric groups will come the process of initiation. This is the Luciferic initiation. Really, that will take place by the power of Lucifer, most likely through Maitreya. According to them, not according to me. In this coming age, millions of people will, first, will take the first and second initiation through these transformed and purified institutions. Oh, transformed and purified? They should say unregenerate and putrefied institutions. What institutions? The Masonic, the Freemasons in these esoteric groups—it's witchcraft. That's all it is, repackaged Babylonian mystery religion witchcraft. Bob Rosso emphasized that the Holocaust was a mere dress rehearsal. The, the Hitler's Holocaust was a mere dress rehearsal for the Final Solution, which is well nigh, meaning well near. Uh, well nigh succeed under the rule of Antichrist. The opening performance is scheduled to begin after Lucifer has been properly summoned to play the leading role. This is a quote from, evidently, Bob Rosso. Those who form the core of occultism in the New Age movement also stress that the New Age they are promoting will come about through an ongoing invocation of Lucifer. Isn't that funny they got that? The UN... And Lucius Trust has the invocation prayer where they're praying that Maitreya will come, the world, coming world teacher as he calls himself among other many things that I already mentioned. Hmm, isn't it weird that, uh, Maitreya's website was originally openly, outwardly, and overtly sponsored and put up there by the United Nations until they took it down? Huh, I've seen, I've seen the, uh, screen they, there's been websites uh, Eastwood, I believe, saved the screen view when it used to have the United Nation actually sponsored the Share International site, and they're the same one that has this world invocation prayer, praying for the world teacher Maitreya to come and save humanity. Isn't that weird, huh? I don't know. Probably I'm, it's probably just all in my head though. I'm probably just you know blowing things out of proportion, right? Huh? Anyway, let me read this quote again. Those who form the core of occultism in the New Age movement also stress that the New Age they're promoting will come about through the ongoing invocation of Lucifer. The stress that all those who enter this New Age will enter it through a Luciferic initiation just as Hitler did. Hey, it worked great for Hitler, right? I mean, he turned out pretty good. I mean, this is what they're saying, not me. Presently, as we hear of Christian convocation after convocation, calling down, quote, the fire. Now this gets into the whole Pentecostal stuff, which I came out of. I'm first hand. I've been, and, I, and since then, I've been to a lot of wacky, charismatic Pentecostal stuff going down. I went to Todd Bentley. It was really weird. After we went there and prayed for about five hours straight, me and uh, a Christian friend, Doug, after we went there and prayed about five hours straight, it was really funny because within three days, the tents were down and the whole revival fell apart. And he was exposed as he was cheating on his wife. Openly, outwardly, and overtly. Huh, isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't know. I think prayer can move mountains. I really do. It's not about me. It's about what the Lord can do through his ambassadors on this earth if they have faith to believe. And there's other things, too, regarding getting your prayers answered. I've done teachings on that. Just keep prayer in the search box on the home page. But I'm telling you, the Lord can do, can use you mightily, and not. I don't have a corner on the market on this. I can't. I don't even have time to do that anymore. Hardly. I'm so trying to keep up with this stuff. But to me, that is really awesome when you go and you see the Lord intervening in a situation like that. I mean, Bentley, that was just pure wickedness. You just saw what was going on there. They were literally when I was there. They sang a song. This was this was three nights before the tents came down, and the whole revival just fell apart. And right before he got exposed as um, cheating on his wife, they were singing a song over and over at one part of this Bentley thing. He wasn't even there. I got there in a the day. He wasn't there. Didn't matter. God still honored our prayers. They were singing. The lyrics to the song was Jesus, I want to be your lay down lover over and over and over again. I am not lying. They really were singing this blasphemous song. And there was more to the lyrics, but that's what I remember. There was some crazy, it was like a circus sideshow. You know, a lot of these people should have been on leashes. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was crazy. It was nutty. I have a whole teaching I did. My trip down Charismania Lane, where I went to a couple other of these things and went there and, you know, just... But anyway, getting back to this article, it says that, Presently as we hear a Christian convocation after convocation calling down the fire, we recall Madame Blavatsky's definition of the very cult meaning of fire as a figure of speech to denote deity, the One Life, a theolo- theologic ther- term used later by the Rosicrucians. Promotional materials for, quote, Crown Him Convocation scheduled in November 1997 boasted of a celebratory endorsements, celebrity endorsements such as Israeli leader Mosheen Dimon who as a, quote, father at the Canadian Whistler gathering blew the shofar trumpet to consecrate the meeting, the new moon, the seasons, the Sabbath, with the lame excuse that, quote, the cults do it, the unbelievers do it, how much more should the Christians do it? Wow, isn't that kind of weird? Now, I've done a whole, then this gets into the whole Hebrew root stuff, which I haven't even finished my teaching on that. I've got about, I don't know, eight or ten up right now. It's key in Hebrew roots, or just the word Hebrew, in the search box on my homepage. Well, we get into all of those subjects, but I haven't I haven't completed it yet. I don't have time. It goes on to say, even now, Lucifer is regularly invoked by New Agers and Christians alike. But see, they don't know they're invoking it. You know? Where, where does it say that we're supposed to call down fire in worship services in the New Testament? Huh, I don't see it anywhere, but yet they do it a lot. Isn't that weird? Even now, Lucifer is regularly invoked by New Agers and Christians alike, bringing about the revelation of the Antichrist indwelt by Satan. At the proper time, Lucifer and the spiritual hierarchy will appear. The masters of wisdom will restore upon Earth the ancient mysteries and the institute again of the order of initiation. That last quote came from Alice Bailey, Esoteric Physiology, Lucius Publishing, which was originally Lucifer Publishing. Pages 656 and 657. Everything I just read was referenced to different occultic sources. Now, this is from one of my listeners, uh, Sandra. She says, Hello, Scott. Just a quick update on Dallas Share International. See, Share International goes around the the country, and they'll have little meetings where they're wanting to... um, tell you about the newest updates with Matreya and they've got now the Matreya action figure it's got a karate dojo arm thing going on and a, and a you know karate high kick thing he's he's a cool little action figure they've also got the Matreya Gumby doll which is kind of an interesting theme, too. Um, Sorry, I just made that last part up. Anyway, just a quick note. Dallas Share International, Veronica, and I had two hours of constant prayer during the Tokyo video presentation. Yes, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I would love to see more of my listeners doing this. Okay? At time, and I'm not coming down on anybody. I'm just saying, I'm telling you, I've done this. It works. I mean, you want to be right with the Lord. And generally speaking, you want to be praying and fasting and have, you know, right with God, sin confess the whole nine yards, before you do this type of spiritual warfare. Okay? But, I'm telling you, this is where you'll see the power of God and, and <laughs> you won't regret doing it. And don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid. The fear of man bringeth a snare. Anyway, let's go further. So they prayed, um, this was in Dallas, they had two hours of constant prayer during the Tokyo video present. I believe what they were doing is presenting the recent Tokyo video presentation, which you can go up on YouTube and watch if you want, of Benjamin Krem talking. Okay, they played that at this Dallas meeting. At times the lights would power surge, get brighter than Dimming quickly, Veronica felt ill at times, and I would get a sharp pain in my forehead. This didn't deter us, since we felt the presence of the Lord's protection over us. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. There were about 20 to 25 people in attendance. Afterward, they had a Q&A session in which Veronica and I asked a few questions regarding the UN connection and introduction of Maitreya to mankind. This seemed to get the room loosened up. Since after that, the questions were flowing from others in the audience. Amazingly, a man in the audience brought up the globalist elites, even going so far as to speak of Rockefeller, and uses quote that competition is sin. He stated that there was an agenda against mankind. Another woman in the audience agreed, and then started speaking about the agenda of the Zionist globalist elites to sicken and dumb down the population with the flu and the swine flu vaccine. See, they, they, they have part of the truth, but it's leavened, it's mingled with lies as we're going to see. She begged people not to get them, the, the flu vaccines. We were amazed at what they were saying. But soon, uh, but we soon turn our prayers to their salvation as we realized that they were looking to Maitreya to save humankind from this evil. This is why all of this evil, or a big reason why all of this evil is being created and being created in such an overwhelming way, and we haven't even seen a fraction of it yet. We're being prepared for it. But when it goes down, people will be so much more desperate than they are now, looking for a savior. Save me, you know, this garbage. Then they go on uh, to say, the Lord made us so very aware that people are seeking truth, but are so misguided and deceived. They want a savior and they think Maitreya is it. As difficult as it was for Veronica and I to stomach the blasphemy against our Lord Jesus Christ during the presentation, all the more the people in attendance ate up the false doctrine they were hearing. Not one person was shocked, surprised, or astounded. They wanted more and agreed our spirits. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of when I was at Todd Bentley. Because I can almost guarantee you Doug and I were the only ones there that were against what was going on. I didn't see anybody else around in earnest prayer. Everybody, You could just tell. You could tell they were in unity with what was going on there, their blasphemous stuff. Well, this is kind of the situation they were in. Um, Let's go further. Nevertheless, people are waking up and finding some truth, but I pray they will come to repentance and find salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. What good is a fraction of truth without salvation? Amen. Veronica and I quickly left before their closing blessing, although I'm sure it's something similar to their great invocation. Again, we just talked about that. Veronica and I were a bit late getting to the presentation, so we missed the opening, quote, blessing. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't want us there for that. Thank you again for your prayers. Veronica and I definitely strengthen our faith by exercising it. If you feel led, please keep us in your prayers a bit more. We've been coming under some attacks from the enemy regarding our health since then. So, yes, please pray for Veronica and Sandra um, for their health and, and for any attacks that could be put against them. Now, interestingly enough... What's really cool is one of these dear ladies sent me the upcoming V episodes, and I'm gonna just kind of just gonna touch on that right now. Uh, what is actually going to be part of the plots for each episode, and I think you're gonna be um, uh, amazed at what the fourth episode gets into. Okay, I'm just gonna read these first four episodes real quick. Okay, just because it's so weird because this wasn't from what I remember. This wasn't supposed to premiere until like next year. And they've bumped and bumped and bumped this thing up. Why are they so concerned? The TV is being, I mean, if you've watched any ABC, and I'm not saying you're supposed to be watching TV, but ABC has been advertising this incessantly. I mean, it is like, you know, they're just rave reviews and it's so wonderful and it's, it's going to be, ab- they say they're calling it absolutely addicting. And they're just incessantly advertising this V, okay, this V series. The plot for Tuesday, simultaneously appearing over every major city, the visitors, or V, promote a message of peace. And again, I think this does relate to what we're talking about with Maitreya, because it's going to be part of that agenda. Um, They're going to be probably the ones that actually... Tell us what this supposed alien UFO agenda is really, truly about. They're going to be the ones, the liaisons. These ascended masters that most likely bring that um, to pass. So, through their generous offer to share advanced technology, and that's always the the excuse of of these extraterrestrials. Um, that's always the reason that mankind wants to basically link up in in get with these um, alien entities is so that they can get hand, their hands on this technology. It, it, what is that? That's just being self-centered. That's saying, I'll sell my soul as long as you give me my technology. That's basically what they're doing. The V's build a following that may actually hide a more malevolent agenda. While the world quickly becomes fascinated with the V's, FBI's counter-terrorist agent, Erica Evans, discovers a secret hidden beneath the skin of every V, the reptilian. Yet for her teenage son, I mean, sorry, the spoiler alert, I kind of gave that a little too late. Yet for the teenage son, Tyler, the V's are the ticket to something big and hopeful. A new chance for mankind to unite with common goals. To Chad Decker, a career-hungry news anchor, um, his exclusive interview with Anna, the leader of the V's, is crucial to his dominating the airwaves. Also unsure about the visitors is Father Jack, even though the Bible says call no man father but your father in Evan regarding all these priests that call themselves fathers. A priest questioning his faith in the wake of the arrival. Well, I'll tell you what, if he's questioning his faith, you know, then all it's going to take is a little push to get him over into the... I mean, he's already serving Satan, but now he's really going to be doing it. A little more openly and honestly, at least, if he's serving the V's. Um, Priests question his faith in the wake of the arrival. So then, next episode, which is on the 10th. After the flight at the warehouse, the Vs swoop in to clean up all traces of the struggle and set their sights on Erica and Jack. After they make a 911 call, Anna is working hard to establish diplomatic ties with the U.S., which she feels will encourage the rest of the world to follow suit. In other words, they're going to come as our friend. They're going to come with a veneer of friendship. Here, we're going to show this technology. We're going to cure this. We're going to cure that. Uh, we're going to eliminate your need for... Um, Fossil fuel, we have free energy devices, all the stuff that they're going to come with. And people are going to be saying, where do I sign up? So, um, going further, next episode, these are granted visas to visit the U.S. Just as the anti-V movement is gathering steam. See, we would be part of the anti-V movement. In fact, I would like to be president of the anti-V movement anyway. Anyway. Um, The leader of the movement is the widow of an Air Force pilot who died the day the Vs show up. Anna must convince this woman that the Vs agenda is not a malevolent one. Um, Erica sent to investigate a death threat against the visitors at the Peace Ambassador Center. Erica and Jack use the FBI list of people who contacted them to track down aliens. Okay, last episode. This is on the 24th of this coming month. Anna summons a meeting with her advisors to task them with finding a murderer in their midst. Unbeknownst to her, the guilty party, Joshua, is actually one of her advisors. Erica, Jack, Ryan, and Georgie figure out that the V's are using the flu shot as a way to somehow control us. What? Yeah. Now, remember what I've said about the flu shots and what could potentially be in them? Injectable microchips, injectable nanorobots, nanomedicine, foreign DNA. What was the goal of Satan, Genesis six? To corrupt the seed of mankind, to stop the prophecy of the Christ coming through humankind, because in Genesis three, as we've read to you earlier, you know, he knew his head was going to get bruised through the seed of the woman. Well, if he wiped out all humanity, then that prophecy couldn't be fulfilled. That's what with Genesis. A six was all about with the fallen angels coming down, defiling this the, the man. Well, we don't know what's in these flu shots. We have no clue. And people right now are lining up around buildings getting these flu shots, so they have no clue what's being injected into them. All I'm telling you is things could get turned real nasty real quick. And some of the nastiest people could be the ones that actually got this poison injected into them. Uh, You know, anyway, the V's are using flu shots as a way to somehow control us. They must stop a tainted shipment of shots from getting out. Again, is this kind of weird? Maybe they're telegraphing their punches. The Kabbalistic religion demands they do this. Luciferianism really demands they do this? Huh. I don't know. Okay, so we're going to switch gears again. I'm just going to touch on this one story uh, sent to me the other day. It's called Rocktown Controversy. Hardcore satanic metal bands at Christian... Christian Teen Venue, Rocktown Halloween Week. Channel 2 WKRN reported on a story concerning Nashville's Christian Teen Hangout, Rocktown, which is presenting a show of hardcore satanic metal music the week of Halloween. Halloween. Uh, There's a video you can go watch. Keith Moore, founder and president of the Gospel Music's IndieHeaven.com, uh, was briefly interviewed regarding his recent experience with the team ministry. I contacted Keith Moore, and he graciously agreed to some share some details about Rocktown controversy. My wife and myself are concerned parents, Keith explained, saying we have a 16-year-old son who wanted to attend a pre-Halloween-themed concert at Rocktown coming up on October 27th after a friend shared songs by Black Dahlia Murder with him. My son liked the way their music sounded. Moore said, stating he and his wife listened to the songs, and although the lyrics were hard to understand, they found the music to be very dark sounding. Now, the thing—the thing that is overriding about this—is what are these supposed Christians even doing in the realm of any of this garbage? Okay, well, this shouldn't even be something that should be debatable. Okay, letting your your, your son listen to rock music, whether it's rock or Christian rock. I've done a whole teaching on Christian rock. And it's to me it's more demonic, it's more it's more deceptively demonic than the other kind. Okay? Because you can put a veneer on anything, you can put you know perfume on a pig and dress it up and try to make it look nice, but it's still a pig. Okay? And and this is wickedness. Pure wickedness. So Moore and his wife did some research on black dahlia murder, toxic holocaust, skeleton witch and trapped them. These are the fun names of the bands that are going to be playing there, these satanic bands, and found the bands to be hardcore satanic bands and overtly anti-Christian. Well, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to have that at this Christian venue. I mean, come on, why, why can't we all just get along? Just loosen up a little bit, man. You're not hip, right? I mean, that's the way they're acting. Moore points out their lyrics are anti-Christian and very graphic. One example is Black Dahlia's murder song, Black Valor, which proclaims, quote, Join us. Black valor is on our side. Striking with satanic forces no, striking with satanic force will crush their fabled Christ. End of quote. How could this possibly even be debatable that you would let... I mean, I wouldn't let my daughter go to any of this garbage, period. Nor does she even want to go. She's been educated on what it is. But this is what you get into. Okay, calling, you know, they they're just they just make light of this stuff. And again, you they say, well, we, we think we should draw the line here. You should have draw, drew the line a long time ago. But see, if you give Satan an inch, it'll take a mile. And this is where it's ultimately going to end up. You know, hardcore hard satanic bands performing in front of supposed Christians. I can remember the time this Christian band came to this charismatic church I was at. And we were there, and I never saw many, as many people there as I did that night. And there was all of these prayer teams, I was part of them, after that, after they did their um, little supposedly Christian altar call where people got saved, okay, so they do, there was this real famous Christian rock band, so they do this, I mean, you know, it's like a rock concert inside, I was waiting outside. And afterward, they had all these people come forward to give their lives to Jesus Christ, you know. And we're waiting up, and they all come to the back, and we go through the whole thing where, you know, we're trying to lead them to Christ and this and that. And I thought to myself, after that night, I thought, man, we are going to have more people in attendance this next Sunday than we have ever had ever. Do you know there was less people there than I had seen probably ever? Less people came to church that, and this was like a Saturday night. There wasn't a lot, or a Friday night. There wasn't a long time to cool down. Less people than I had seen, I think, in the whole time I'd been there. Just showed the rotten fruit that had been born. It wasn't anything that lasted. It was all pure emotion in the heart, which is what Satan operates and emanates through with rock music. Whether you call it Christian, whether you call it whatever. And again, I've done a whole study on that, that you can, Christian rock, you just key that in on the search box on my homepage. It's Just one more tool of the devil is all it is. I mean, did they have Christian rock bands a hundred years ago? And, you know, like when, you know, things weren't near, near as bad. Did, do you think Jesus Christ would have been part of a Christian rock band? Give me a break. So if we go further, um, Moore also visited the Black Dahlias, Murders, MySpace page where he watched a promotional video about the band and said, quote, they were doing drugs and drinking on the tour bus. I am sure other impressionable youth have seen this video and have been impacted by their activities. Oh, you think so? Well, that's what he was observing. So is Rocktown sending mixed signals? I, I just love the way this is written. You know, it's written like, oh, well, there's, there's room for debate here, isn't there? Hey, do you think Rocktown might be sending mixed signals? You know, this is the way the gilded church behaves, you know? We want to be politically correct. We don't want to be too dogmatic. We might offend somebody. We might step on some toes. We wouldn't want that. Our offerings would go down the next Sunday. Ooh, that wouldn't be good, would it? Oh no, no, no. After Moore found out more about the bands and what they were saying in their songs he posted about the upcoming Rocktown show on his Facebook page saying quote I raised the question was it wise for Rocktown to have a concert with satanic bands performing Uh, I don't personally I couldn't answer that question who am I to say you know I mean give me a break was it wise for Rocktown to have a concert with satanic bands performing (laughs) what what kind of question is that I mean, unbelievable. Now, Moore, again, is the founder and president of Gospel Music's IndieHeaven.com. So, he's he's raising these questions. I mean, evidently, they're up for debate. Um, And then he goes on to say, how does this mesh with Rocktown's mission, Christian mission, you know? And Moore points out that whilst the satanic lineup is showcasing at Rocktown the week of Halloween, Rocktown has bands like these, bands like these in for at least the last few years quite often. Well, isn't that nice? There's no discernment. No standards, no discernment, no morality. Nah, anything goes. Ah, you know, let go and let God. We mustn't judge. No, 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 no. That wouldn't be good. We might offend somebody. We might offend the devil. We don't want to offend the devil. We're afraid of the devil. We we shriek and fear the devil. But God, he's the big guy in the sky. We don't worry about him. He loves us no matter what we do. Isn't that the way they behave? It's so pathetically sickening. Reading this, I can't help but be sarcastic. Oh, my word. Uh, anyway, let's go further. Um, okay. Uh, More points out. Let's see here. More admits that while the response on his Facebook network was strongly against Rocktown's Night of Satanic Music, there has been a mixed reaction to Rocktown's controversial controversy everywhere. Some see no issue. I mean, these are some hardcore Christians. They see no issue. I mean, right down the line, you know? They're all over it. Um... Others like me take offense that an establishment that calls itself Christian and tells parents it is a safe haven for kids are bringing in hardcore satanic bands with the hopes that some may think Rocktown is a cool place and come back for something a bit more wholesome and enriching. How could it the, the point is is how could it have ever got to this point where I mean finally it's gotten so overt they' got satanic rock bands in, and then finally someone finally says something well, i don't know. I don't think we should do this. They are satanic, after all, rock band. Give me a break. I mean, this is, it's, it's unbelievable what is going on. Um. Now, just so you know, Michael W. Smith introduced Rocktown in 1994. Rocktown was launched by Michael W. Smith in the Cool Springs Mall area in Williamson County, 1994, and it is well known that there's a great need for, I mean, rock, Michael W. Smith, you know, Christian rock star guy, uh, and there's a great need for weak, and in nighttime entertainment for teens and young people. In this, see, we've got to placate our teenagers. We've got to make sure they've got nightclub stuff that they can do. That they can go in and in in and it's like this kind of this nightclub, probably like setting, but it's got a Christian veneer, so that makes it okay. You know, it's it's okay because of that. And then it says, not to mention entertainment um, that is Christian quality controlled. Yeah, they're doing a great job quality controlling the Christian entertainment here, as you can see, where they got the satanic rock bands. Why don't they have Ozzy Osbourne in there and have them bite off a few bat's heads? Or Marilyn Manson doing such unbelievably despicable things, I can't even describe it to you. Are they next? Doesn't sound like they're much better. Michael W. Smith stated when he. And this is the whole problem I have with pseudo corporate, money-hungry, money-grubbing, hireling Christianity that preaches a false gospel. This is just evidence of that. This is just one little tentacle that we're talking about today. Michael W. Smith stated when he introduced Rocktown, Rocktown is a place where teens can go to socialize, play games, dance, or listen. I'm sure the dancing is all Christian-based, right? Yeah. Uh, listen to music without being bombarded by drugs, alcohol, and sexual temptations. Oh no, I'm sure the, the girls all dressed appropriately. I mean, you go to the churches now, and you know the brief experiences I've had in modern day churches. I mean, they're no, they're dressed no different than the world. Tight dresses, tight jeans. I mean, you know, dressing in such a way to make men less. I'm not blaming it all on the girls. I'm just saying you see a lot of that. In the modern day churches, don't tell me there's no sexual temptations there. Please don't tell me there's no drugs there, because that would be very easy to sneak in. They probably sneak in alcohol too. I mean, what do they do? You know, it's an abomination. It's an absolute abomination, and Satan keeps pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope. And the Christians just kind of know. Well, we push back a little bit, but we don't want to offend. You know, we, we might. I don't know. We just don't want to offend. Alright, we're going to cover one other thing and then we'll go ahead and end this out for T. Okay, so we're going to play like about a five minute video clip here from Pastor Michael Hoggard. Uh, he's got some really good teachings right now he's come out with. You can get them on cuttingedge.org of the, um, uh, the DNA thing. How the corrupting of the DNA and how that's a big part of this end time delusion where the Bible talks about they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Okay, he gets into that, and again, I, I really view the vaccination as being one of the ideal methods to achieve that. He's got a very, uh, just a couple videos up on YouTube, it's called and the Watchman, and this is the Law of Attraction and Witchcraft, where Pastor Michael Hoggard discusses the Law of Attraction, its connection to the occult, and how it is being sold to teens across the country as a means of attaining desires of their heart. Okay, and I've done a whole teaching that I will post on this regarding the secret New Age Name It and Claim It, the one that Oprah was pushing for so hard so long, the secret thing where we just, you know, it's really, it's just repackaged white witchcraft is all it is. So this is kind of a video on that particular subject. Taylor said that this place that I was talking about, I don't know if it's Rock Town or Rocky Town or Rocket Town. Eh. Either way, it's all apostate. But anyway, I didn't want to get the pronunciation too wrong there. Let's go ahead and start this video now.
1: Hello, folks. This is Pastor Mike with a five-minute video blog. You know, we are being inundated with witchcraft in this country. Uh, Paul said in Galatians chapter three, 3, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? And I believe that's the right term there. The Old Testament tells us thou shalt not suffer a witch or allow a witch... To live, and in Deuteronomy 18 we see that witchcraft and enchantments, especially enchantments, it, are as part of the nine forbidden practices that God gives. God tells His people do not have anything to do with this. Several years ago, there was a book that came out called The Law of Attraction. Now, somebody had given me a few years ago an old book on on witchcraft principles. That Law of Attraction was inside that book on witchcraft. The law of attraction basically says that if you pronounce the right words with the right positive mental attitude, then all of a sudden the things that you pronounce will just happen. It's like you can, with your mouth, you can create your own reality or you can create your own world. Well, a few years after that, there was a book came out, a video called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. She claims that and she marketed this to all the uh, businesses and all the executives and things like that, uh, even to housewives, to teach them this this principle of the law of attraction that basically says if you have the right positive mental attitude and you say the right things, then you can create uh, good business contacts, you can create wealth, you can create health, you can cre- create all of these things by saying the right kind of words with your mouth that's enchantments and that's witchcraft. And it just blew me away. Somebody sent me an email the other day and they said, Pastor Mike, take a look at this. It was a, it's like an, an addition to The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. It's called The Secret to Teen Power. Here's the explanation from Amazon.com. It says, since its original publication, The Secret has inspired millions to live extraordinary lives. The Secret to Teen Power makes the knowledge of the law of attraction accessible and relevant to today's teens. It explains the law of attraction in relation to teen issues such as friends and relationships, schoolwork, and self-image. It explains how teens can transform their own lives and live by their dreams or live their dreams by understanding and using the power they have in their hands. The secret to teen power promises to follow the path of the secret, inspiring teens and young people to bring joy and harmony to all aspects of their life. Now, if you go to Amazon.com, there's a promotional video there for this book. And I watched this video and it just, um, it blew me away. It basically is marketing the power of enchantment witchcraft to teenagers and by telling them you can have wealth, you can, you can have everything that you want as a teenager by following these simple steps. And you have to stop and imagine what it was like for you when you were 15, 16 years old. And imagine the top, if you were to make a list of the top five things that most teenagers want, probably none of them are any good for them. But this is selling witchcraft to an entire generation, not just to the older folk, not just to the business executives. And we know that the New Age movement has infiltrated just about every sector of business in this country and in the world. Now it's targeting our teenagers. You know, there's one thing if they're reading Harry Potter books. Now they're reading something that they believe is reality to them. That if they enchant the right words with a positive mental attitude, then they can create their own wealth. They can have anything that they want by speaking the magic words. Let me... And so notice, it's totally
0: self-centered, that statement that he read. And again, this is the whole thing about the secret. It's all about me, me, me. You know? Whereas the Bible says that we should strive to be a servant to one another. Let those that are greatest among you, let them be called your servant. And then we're supposed to humble ourselves as little child, children before the Lord. And, and all of this is the exact opposite of that. All of this is, ye shall be as gods. It's all about you, you, you. Me, me, me. And... and it's just unbelievable. And it is witchcraft. Literally, this is just the tip of the iceberg. These, people, these children that have read the uh, Harry Potter books are growing up, or a lot of them have grown up, and they're going to be carrying these same witchcraft practices into their adult lives. Uh, literally, you can go up on the internet and buy spells. And a lot of these spells are targeted at teens. I've seen them. Love spells. I mean, all kind of love spells. Prosperity. Uh, you know, revenge, whatever you want. You can go up there and buy these spells and literally learn how to be a witch. And Harry Potter set the stage for that, not to mention all the other demonic cartoons that they've got up on the internet and all the other demonic books and shows. I'll
1: give you a quote up here on the screen. You take a look at this. You have to begin speaking words of faith over your life. Your words have enormous creative power. The moment you speak something out, you give birth to it. This is a spiritual principle and it works whether what you're saying is good or bad, positive or negative. Now I'm going to put two pictures up on the screen and you take a guess as to who said this. You can just take your pick. The quote actually came from Joel Osteen's book, Your Best Life Now, which is ridiculous because I don't want my best life now, I want it in heaven For all of eternity. Or you can look at the life and ministry of Joyce Meyer. Who used to be a necromancer. Who used to be a tarot card reader. And now she's out going around the world. Telling everybody that the answer is right under their nose. That if they want success. And if they want positive things in their life. All they have to do is use the faith filled words. Of witchcraft. In order to get it. The Bible says thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Oh foolish Galatians who hath bewitched you. And I believe that witchcraft not only is taking over our country, but it's taking over our churches. Watch and pray as we approach the last days. This is Pastor Mike. You can get more information from us at www.watchmenbroadcast.com. We'll see you there. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, so we just wanted to end with that. A little more education there regarding that. I've got, I don't know how many teachings I have up on witchcraft up on Sermon Audio, probably the most recent one was Witchcraft, the the emerging coming one world religion. It really will be the essence, and that's just more confirmation of this. And the churches, through the emerging church movement, are participating in this wholeheartedly. Like I said, the church has become nothing more than a gigantic part of the problem that we're we're facing, true born-again Christians are facing. They're nothing more. The pseudo-church, I should say, is nothing more than just Totally, 100% part of the problem. They will fall for all the stuff the regular world will fall for, hook, line, and sinker. In fact, they will be pointing to the satanic solutions that are coming in our near future. And um, I think uh, think that's all we're going to cover for today. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and time you've given us. I pray, Lord, for your forgiveness for any and all sins, Lord God, that we have committed in any way, shape, or form, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that, Lord, our lives would be lived in a pleasing way, Lord God, before you that you would use us mightily, Lord, for your glory, that through the body of Christ you would lead many to the Lord, that you would protect, Lord, my listeners, the body of Christ, Lord, those that cannot protect themselves or help themselves, the widows, the orphans, the innocent the innocent babies in the womb, the poor, and, and just, Lord, those that can't uh, protect themselves. I just pray that your angels would encamp around about them, that you would save, Lord, those that can be saved in the name of Jesus Christ, and that at the same time, Lord, those that cannot be saved, I pray wickedness would be judged in this world, in this time, Then all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in in you, and that the upright in heart would glory in this. In the name of Jesus Christ, we humbly ask these things to you. Amen.